Hello, everybody. It's been a while. <laughs> Too long. Goodness. And now, now the holidays are creeping up on us, which could be a benefit. I tend to have more time around the holidays, not less, because I'm a bit of a holiday humd- humbug. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not really a humbug, but I do tend to stay away from the long list of holiday expectations for my for my own mental health. I need to. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to be back and to dive into our conversation again. On one hand, I, I feel like we could talk about sex forever. On the other hand, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to wrap this up um, at the end of this episode. Not because we've exhausted the topic. No, we haven't even come close. <laughs> we haven't even covered half the facets that I, I'd like to discuss um, but here's here's what happens to me. I am easily one of the least self-disciplined people that I know. And to do this topic, to do any topic justice, that would require that I sit down and plan things out and get my head around the whole topic and outline where I want to go with this. And <laughs> the way I do things right now is the way I've always done things, very fly by the seat of my pants. It's surprising that I get along as well as I do. (laughs) But I just am easily distracted. So when I record a podcast, then there's all these conversations that go on um, behind the scenes, my other, you know, facets of life. And I, I, I just get easily distracted. And then I'm on to a million other things that I'm talking about. And it's hard to come back and refocus. So I did promise an episode on compatibility, and I am prepared to honor that commitment. In fact, probably it's been so long um, since I've recorded because I'm like, I can't record anything else until I get that episode. (laughs) So here I am talking about compatibility. Um, I do think it's an important topic to discuss, and I don't know that I'm going to do it the full justice that I would like to do. I, I... I'm I'm learning, or I've I've always known this, but I'm learning it more and more solidly that I need interaction. I need I need people to ask me questions and to say, "What do you mean by that?" and um, to really get into the the depth of where I'd like to go. So keep in mind that all of these podcast episodes, they really are the beginnings of conversations. That's what I like to do the most. I am never going to be the one to. And that's all there is to say on the topic. That's not me. I'm not the end, the ender of conversations. I am the, I like to, to stoke the coals and um, rock the boat and, and cause the waves. Um, I'm the starter of the conversation. So that's all we're doing today is really just starting the conversation of, on compatibility. And I'm, I'm quite certain that I will not be repeating things that other people have said in relation to compatibility. I tend to... Uh, think far, far and wide, and beyond, and and just not in the same categories as as most people, and uh, <laughs> that's that's okay. I I kind of like it that way. Um, half the people have no idea what I'm ever talking about, <laughs> and and half the people just sit there glazed over, like like they're really listening, and maybe they maybe half of them don't know what I'm talking about either. I don't know, uh, but that's okay. Um, compatibility aligns really with everything we've previously discussed within this conversation. Uh, sex is, in my opinion, it, it, it's a big part of our identity. It's impossible to separate 
who I see myself to be from how I see myself sexually. And I, and I don't mean this simply about gender. I don't mean this even in the who um, I might be attracted to. It, it has also to do with, with the energy uh, that I experience in life, right? We, we've, we've talked about sexual energy being the same energy from the same source as, as any other type of energy that we experience. Creative energy, the energy stirred up when we sense an injustice, the energy that bubbles inside when we're in awe of a work of art or a sunset or a baby elephant or, or just whatever, right? There's that, that sense of energy that, that requires more from us. We, we can't sit still. We must express it or enjoy it or to entertain it. Um, and, I, and I mentioned in the addendum to part three that as I've become more comfortable in my own skin, I've become more easily aroused by by more things at, at more times, just just more. And the more I've pressed myself toward uh, being more vulnerable in, in context of, of safe relationships, the more I've accepted that I'm acceptable even when I'm not what I expect myself to be. And the more I've accepted others as they are and not expecting them to be anything more than their present condition. It, it's the more I feel awake and alive and aroused. I think, I think when we are able to see ourselves more clearly and, and be more accepting of who we are, even the spaces that we don't see clearly, we're just able to accept that this is who we are. This is, this is where we are right now. And this is okay. And when we're, when we're not so busy trying to preserve and protect and hold ourselves up upright and straight. I think it opens up this space where this energy can come in and, and stir things up and, and, and arouse us and, and be the, the thing that bubbles up our blood. You know, I've often said that, uh, you know, like blood is to the body. So desire is to the spirit. This is energy of life, whether it's sexual energy, creative energy, anger, energy, whatever it is, this is the you might call this desire. There's the something that, that stirs up in us. That, that's what I call it. Um, it's the desire to express life through performing or dreaming or creating or, or sharing. And, and sex is really that element of sharing. It's expressing this energy through sharing. Um, I've also said that there are no objects of desire. There are only conduits of desire. And, and in other words, desire isn't fulfilled, right, by, by getting this thing that we want, whether it's, um, you know, getting this person or getting this job or, or this accomplishment or whatever the object might be. Desire has no end. It's, it's the fuel. It's the energy of life. And the more attuned we are to, to life, the more of this energy we'll experience. And, and all of its thrills and frustrations and ecstasies and disappointments. Sex is merely one way that we seek to express this energy. Sexual arousal, physical arousal, it can occur in any number of ways, right? We, we do ourselves a great disservice when we limit sexual energy, uh, sexual desire to one means of expression. To say that when I feel aroused, I can only enjoy, entertain, manifest, express this energy through a physical sexual encounter 
is to limit human potential of expression and experience. Right? Sexual energy can be spent in any number of ways, just as creative energy, righteous anger energy, wonder and awe energy can be spent in a variety of ways. Right? And, and, and I'd argue that all of these ways we experience energy can be expressed through physical sexual contact with another human being. Right? If it, it's, I've often said that having like incredible conversation with somebody is like the best aphrodisiac. <laughs> Not everyone would agree with me on this, but I can get terribly aroused. Now I'll tell you what, I'm probably not all that aroused by the person I'm talking with, but I am aroused. And if there was somebody that I wanted to connect with sexually present, it would probably be pretty good sex doesn't happen (laughs) but if it did (laughs) right there's something about that energy getting stirred up in us and and there's just a whole lot of of ways that we can engage with that so so keep in mind that sexual energy similar it's the same source the same fuel of life and, and can be expressed many, many different ways, right? Which, which brings us to this idea of compatibility, right? Because sex is one way that we can express and entertain and engage this energy. It's, it's the sharing um, of ourselves with somebody else and experiencing them in, in that. So, so what about compatibility, right? With, with whom should we seek to have sexual connection, right? I have a simple answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a, a, a more complex one, as always, yes. Uh, the simple answer is, with whomever is looking for the same kind of sex for the same reasons with you. Now, that's the simple way to say it, but it is much more complicated than that, um, which is the complex, the complicated answer. Uh, because it really isn't as simple as it sounds, because all all the best things in life, right, are both incredibly simple and at the same time incredibly complicated, right? Because for one, right, it would need to be with somebody that wants to have sex with you, right? <laughs> for me to find the best person to, that someone I'm compatible with, that other person would want to um, share that sexual experience with me the same as I would want to experience with them, right? That's, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? There's this, this affinity, um, compatibility, right? Um, but there's also needs to be the same kind of sex. And, and, and what do I mean by that? You know, you're asking, are we going to get into the, the kinky stuff now? <laughs> I don't think we have to, right? Because I think that would be encompassed within what I'm talking about. I think sex between two consenting adults can be pretty much anything those two adults mutually agree on. Um, but this is the complicated part. To, to know what that might be requires communication. It requires communication with myself, right? It requires knowing our our own self, seeing our own self, accepting our own self, and and making ourselves vulnerable to ask for what it is that we want. And, And it also requires that we see the other, that we listen and seek to understand what that person is asking for. And not just in their words, right? Because we all know that we stumble over words, we say things we don't really mean out of fear of being exposed or fear of not being accepted as we are, right? And this kind of communication, it takes time to develop that. It takes time um, to know that we're seeing each other and accepting each other as as we are and, and listening for, oh, 
oh, this is what you want. And I'm able to tell the other what I want. That's, it can take a while to get to that space. Okay. Um, and that puts a little bit of kink in things. <laughs> and I said, I wasn't going to get kinky with you. <laughs> I'm always lying to you. Oh, anyway, so, so we found, so, okay. So let's say we've gotten there, right? We've gotten, we found somebody who wants to have sex with us and somebody who wants to the same kind. Okay. We've gotten to the place where we're able to express that and listen, and we know we're on the same page. Yay. That's awesome. Right. So what about this for the same reasons bit, right? Well, sometimes, you know, we want to have sex because it, it's, it, we just really want to have some fun, right? We could go bowling, we could play battleship, <laughs> but sex seems like a more enjoyable option. And we've got this person here who is mutually interested in us and they want to do the same things, right? But maybe that person's reasons for having sex is because they're afraid to say no, because they're afraid to risk being rejected. You know, what, what if they... But if they just want to have a good time, but you have this vision for sex being to, to share the deepest part of who you are, there has to be the same compatibility of reasons. Why are you having sex? Um, you know, even in a committed relationship, one person might want to have sex because they don't want to talk about the difficult conflict that's going on in the relationship. Well, is that a compatible reason to be having sex with your partner? Maybe not. Maybe not. And I think it's these things we have to understand, right? There has to be compatibility of affinity, a compatibility of of intention. What is it that we want to be doing together? And a compatibility of purpose. Why? Why are we engaging in this activity? Now, we can certainly choose to act act outside of these compatibilities, right? I, I take all things are permissible, but not necessarily beneficial. That's <laughs> one of those kind of staple pillar things of, of common sense, right? As, as living as a human, right? To be an adult is to ask ourselves a lot of questions. What is beneficial in this situation for me with this other person at this time in this activity, right? It's my opinion that that sex, while, while many people rank it as a basic human need, I think it's ranked as as a human activity that requires a level of great responsibility, right? Even if it's just for fun, there's still a level of responsibility there. Sex doesn't ever only involve our our physical self. And, And even if it did, there's still some ramifications that come with that, right? There's just the very basic level. There's unwanted pregnancy. There's STDs. There's there's, there's a lot of different things that come simply by the biological activity of, of sex, right? But, but beyond that, we come into that physical activity with more than just our physical self. We come as our whole self into everything we do physically, right? Our emotional self, our mental self, our spiritual self, the experiential parts, right? These are all exposed at some level when we're having sex with somebody, now, we're not necessarily telling the person all these things, but there's a part of each of those pieces of us that's opened up to ourselves. It's to, they're pressed up against at some level. And, and if the way to become more human is to accept our full self, right? To see and acknowledge and bear witness to all that we think and feel and do and have done and, and are capable of doing and being and becoming, 
then then what is beneficial is to be aware that we bring our full selves into everything we do and to be aware that whoever we choose to engage with sexually also brings their full self right to share an experience with someone on a sexual level is to be allowed into their vulnerable space it's to be asked by them to be seen and and to be acknowledged to bear witness and and to be accepted i don't think that two people enjoying a sexual encounter are, are necessarily becoming more human we, we can be more naked and, and also more ashamed. We can be more exposed and we can feel less accepted because we were exposed, right? I think sex in, in the way that I might consider it in its best expression it is shared between two people opening themselves up more to each other in order to open themselves up to their own selves, to press up against those deepest spaces where where. The wounds run deep and the, and the shame hides effortlessly, right? And now, now having said all of this, right, I have to share my random disclaimer. I, I am an idealist and I am a visionary. I can describe things in a way that, that make it feel impossible to experience realistically. But I am also endlessly practical there is nothing, there's no vision, there's no ideal that means anything if, if there's not a practical way to, to move toward it. And that's what, that's, that's my opinion. I, I believe we need to have vision. We need to be able to lean into the ideal, not in order to achieve it. I have zero expectations of ever achieving half the ideals that I paint in my head. Um, I don't know if I'll ever achieve any of them. I don't know. Right? I've got hope though, but I don't have the expectation. I, I also don't equate movement toward with, with the expectation of achieving. We're, we're always moving toward an ideal. We, we, we ought to be anyway. I, I think that's kind of what it means to be human. We're moving toward something um, and, and the vision of what we, what we want and what we see and if we don't have a vision then it's really if we don't have a a vision that we can kind of conjure up in our minds that we then there's it's really hard to be intentional right then we're just kind of flapping ourselves in the wind but I think we're always uh, able to move toward a vision and I think that's when we we are our best when we can move toward and, and have those intentions and, th- and there are going to be stumbles right there's going to be a lot of false starts there's going to be a lot of awkward moments a lot of falling on our faces and and that's okay it, it's all okay in fact I would say it's better than just okay because it's it's these things it's this movement toward that opens up the opportunities for us to accept ourselves right where we're at in this moment, in this blunder, in this stumbling attempt to move closer to who we already are. And and that's my hope for all of us, that we might connect with that reality, that we are already all we ever need to be right now in this moment. And as we peel back the layers of old coping strategies and habits, that's when we can step in greater confidence and freedom in, into who we already are. And whether it's through sex or whether it's through conversation or whether it's through pursuing a dream or whether it's simply holding the door open for another human being, that we might be moving toward 
a vision for becoming who we already are. That's my hope for for all of us. Um, So I'm going to end our conversation on sex, but here's some good news. I'm going to continue having conversations and, um, and I'm sure it'll come up in other podcast episodes that we have here on this podcast, but I also get to join uh, my friend James Prescott on his podcast. It's called Poema. So if you're looking for it, it's P-O-E-M-A. And he's been podcasting, I think he said for two years, three years, maybe three years now, had a lot of great uh, folks on his podcast. So look over the the previous ones, get a kind of taste of, of his style. And he's somebody, James is a um, someone I've gotten to know online over the last, oh, I don't know, I guess two years now, um, on a lot of online conversations and different groups there. And he also kind of wants to open up this conversation uh, to make the con- to make talking about sex more of a normalized uh, thing. I think that we need to be talking about it and talking about how we're affected and our experiences and not in a vulgar way, but in a very just open and um, an appropriate way. And he, James kind of grew up in a in a purity culture, which I think a lot of people that I know um, also grew up in. And I would say I grew up around a purity culture, but by the time I was a teenager, it was, yeah, I've heard so many stories of people and the (laughs) horror stories, quite frankly. And I didn't grow up in that, but I know the languaging and I know the mindsets and I did have some of that embedded in me. So we're going to be talking about um, this purity culture mindset and some of the phrases that come along with it and, and, and how it kind of gets embedded into ourselves and how it, it affects our, our whole person and how we see ourselves and our, our identity. And I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of peeling back the layers of that and, and having a great conversation with him. It should be a, a pretty lively chat. So I'll, I'll fill you in on that as the details kind of unfold. Um, and I'll also be sharing here on this podcast more of what's been going on in, in my swirl of a headspace <laughs> over the next episode or two. So stay tuned for that. Um, and until then, just go and be you, right? Just just the way you are even now. You're absolutely lovely. And, and I just want you to know that as we all move toward being more open and vulnerable and exposed in in safe spaces with in safe relationships and we we are just going to become more and more who we already are so looking forward to talking with you soon bye-bye